This episode of Beer and Bullshit is brought to you by Woodhouse Brewing Company, where they believe simplicity is a good thing. Try their lager, IPA, stout, and new raspberry sour, all available at the LCBO. Oh yes, welcome to the season premiere of Beer and Bullshit Season 2. Chris, you look very excited. We are back, baby. We're back. <laughs> we are back. After a long hiatus to retool, it's been so long. Uh, lots of people are pointing out the arbitrary nature of having seasons and podcasts, but fuck it. it we're having t- seasons, so this is season two. This reminds me a little of Return of the Mac by Mark Morrison, who I didn't know existed before Return of the Mac. I don't know anything else about him other than that song, but it's enough for me. He's back, though. Yeah. Back up in the... Da, 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 da. Oh, I forget the words. <laughs> back to run the show. <laughs> we are back to run the show. Uh, being uh, welcomed back with music from Kevin Freer, we are going to keep uh, the theme of brewer written and produced music on the show season one featured music from uh nick baird's band drug rug this season we're going with tunes put together by kevin who's from block three brewing so we've got some hip-hop vibes for season two because why the hell not well it's nice pulling these guys in and we've had a chance to talk to a couple of them and and hear a little bit about their musical history so it's nice to uh nice to show that off a little bit yeah People are already jockeying for season three, I think. Any brewers with musical interests are we're putting down demos. I'm getting demos left and right now. You're really opening that up for some first-class music, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, flooded with junk. <laughs> no, but season two is going to be pretty bitchin'. Um, we have some awesome beer people lined up. Also have some awesome non-beer people. I know that's not everyone's cup of tea, but I have some uh, really funny bullshitters lined up for this season and chris i haven't even told you the beer people i've got lined up so maybe i'll keep it a surprise for everyone including you but uh i've got some a brewer or two from let's say cottage country uh brewer or two from steel town do we call it steel town we call it steel town well i mean they're trying to diversify away from steel and get into craft uh craft brewing i should have said i have a brewer or two from canada's brooklyn (laughs) okay it's a very toronto way of looking at it but that's uh, the thing they've said about the place for a while anyway if you don't know what we're talking about we've got some surprises in store for you but tonight uh we're keeping it london centric um chris you couldn't join me for this interview but i got a chance to talk to someone i consider one of ontario's greatest publicans the man himself milos crawl uh milos if you don't know is a very vocal, very colorful gentleman who runs a pub in London called Pub Milosh. And uh, for my money, the best place to get a beer and something to eat in London for sure. And maybe Ontario. I'm not going to lie. Well, my office back when I used to go into the office is a stone's throw from Milosh. And that was always our number one place. So it would turn into a quick pint at lunch to it's three o'clock. Should we go back to the office more times than I'd like to admit? Yeah, it's hard to not stay longer than you intended there. Um, I didn't really get into much of Milos's history, um, my interview, because he and I have gone over it many times, but uh, he's obviously Czech. He came from the Czech Republic and was a general manager of a couple bars here in London. Uh, 
usually around, you know, within 500 meters, square meters, really, of the places he's run slash worked at. Uh, in his final iteration of being a general manager of a place, uh, the owners kind of changed the vibe and great, gave him the boot, for lack of a better term. And he had already set up a pretty cool thing with craft beer there. And within a very short time, he had gone and opened Milos and hired people that had worked for him in those other two establishments. And that's kind of where he's at now. That's right. He's been there since 2012, 2013. I forget. I said it right in the interview. But if you're ever in London, there's really only one choice for where to go for a good craft beer. Yeah, that's bang on. We've we've maybe lagged a little behind in London on uh, in terms of the number of breweries in the craft beer scene. But Milos is he's been the guy, and his place is, always has phenomenal beer. And he's a phenomenal dude. So uh, let's not dilly dally any further. Here's my interview with Milos, and stay tuned for more goodies in season two. And keep those emails coming. We're getting lots of emails through the contact us form, so we look forward to reading those this season. I came, I saw, I did. <laughs> there we go. No, Sorry, I, I like your story because up. it does seem like you decided to bring craft beer here because you got here and we're just kind of pissed off that we didn't have any good beer. That's, your, that's well, kind of your story in the short version. That's pretty much what happened. Yeah, you know, it was, it was nothing in London. So everybody who wanted to drink good beer had to, it was two, two, two venues. One was to go to Port Huron to Ryan's party store and buy uh, whatever he had there and bring it back or go to Toronto. And back then, in the beginnings, what what was there? So what? Uh, Ralph was just about getting started. Mm-hmm. Uh, was very little. So, but it was still better than London. Where it was absolutely nothing. Yeah. Well, I think, and I I tried to go through this uh, chronology once before, but I'm pretty sure you would have physically brought the first keg of craft beer into London, because you told me a story about attending Golden Tap Awards in the mm-hmm. year that everyone was going crazy for Mill Street's Tank House. Yep. Well, and then you, you told me a story of having, uh, literally calling uh, the owners of Mill Street, trying to get a keg, and that was difficult at the time. Well, it was kind of, yeah, I got back, uh, I think the Golden Taps were on Saturday, on Sunday I came, I came back to work and uh, emailed uh, Mill Street just to, you know, to their journal account, whatever address I could find, saying, hey, I'd like to pour your beer, you know, what do I do? And uh, it was like 15, 20 minutes later, Steve Abrams called me, yeah. And then uh, it sounded easy. Uh, it took about six months. Uh, they didn't self-deliver then. They were trying to find way through one of the, you know, beer distributors. And yeah, it was fun. It was fun. And when, when it finally got here, uh, London beer drinkers lost their shit. <laughs> they have never, they have never tasted anything like that. This beer actually, had, you know, was hoppy, had flavor, and it was such a departure from everything else. What the macros were offering. Was that the time you were managing Chaucer's, or was that after that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was in Marion by Chaucer's times. Yeah, I think it was somewhere around uh, uh, two thousand four, two thousand five. Okay. It pretty early. Yeah, yeah. I, so, and then two years well, later, so, I can see. You know, yeah. 
you were you were nominated for the best beer bar outside of the GTA in 2006. <laughs> were, were there beer bars outside? Okay, so that was that was 2006. Then yeah, because that was uh, there was a guy named Lenny. Uh, he was big on bar towel, and uh, he nominated us. Oh, wow. I had no. Cl- I had no clue what bar towel was. I had no clue of any of that. Uh, so I went down to beer bistro and uh, it was kind of, you know, you know, you know, the scene, everybody knows everybody there, everybody's friends. And then and it was me, yeah. you know, this, this schmuck from London that didn't know anybody. And, uh, you know, it was, it was real fun. And uh, I remember they had uh, on cask, on gravity on a bar they had they would call it hop bomb from uh, black oak oh yeah i really like the beer and then you know i'm as night goes i see these two guys they had uh, black oak shirts and they were holding some trophies so i go over them i say you guys are black oak guys and they, yeah i love your beer i want to put it in my place oh that's awesome gave them my card Ken looked at it and said, oh, London, we don't go to London. <laughs> and I was crushed. And I then, you know, like they were still in Oakville and I drove there like maybe four or five times. Uh, I don't remember if it was, I think Tuesdays was where my days off. So I would jump in my car on Tuesday and drive, come to Oakville, find the door closed. Went around to uh, Cameron's, you know, buy, bought some beer from them and said, hey guys, do you know Black Oaks open? I said, oh, what's today, Tuesday? Well, Ken's probably on deliveries. So I, I never actually got beer from them till after uh, they moved to Etobicoke. Mm. It's shocking to me, like as you're saying this, I knew that you physically went and got beer and still the last time I saw you, you were probably bringing in a keg from somewhere from one of your road trips. Yeah. Like, I mean, most craft breweries now deliver to you, but for a long time, you got beer because you're the guy who got in your van and went and got the beer you liked. And I'm, as I'm saying that I'm realizing how, what a crazy business model that would have been at a time when you literally had Labatt's and Molson reps coming in your door saying, we'll literally buy shit for you to put our beer on. You're like, no, I'm going to drive because I have Ken Woods card in my pocket and I like his beer. Well, it's, 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 to me, it wasn't crazy at all. It was just, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. If you sit on your ass and wait for things to happen, you might as well join one of those chat groups and complain about how bad the world is. You know, <laughs> I, I always find it easier to try to do something. So, well, it's, have, worked. it's obviously know. worked. Yeah, I can see you for obviously people can't see us. It's a podcast, but you're sitting in Milos and you are surrounded by pictures of brewers that have made the pilgrimage yeah. to your bar. So they obviously, uh, it's yeah. obviously paid off. I mean, you're, you've made Milos into an institution. I think it's one of the best beer bars, if not the best beer bar in the province. So uh, it's been overdue to have you on the show, frankly. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I I don't know. I don't I don't believe in all these lists and ratings because uh, it's 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 really to me this is not a competition. Eh? We're all on the same boat. Uh, that's what I think. Some people still don't get in in the industry. You know, brewers are a little bit more open to it because obviously, you know, it's you know they understand. But 
I'm not competing with the guy in Guelph or Toronto or somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like we're all, uh, we should be all the brotherhood that uh, helps each other and makes sure that uh, we can survive. Yeah. I mean, the competition stuff is the turds like me that have a blog or some space or some column inches to fill. So they need something, but everywhere you've ever gone in the beer industry, it's very highly collaborative. And I mean, you are, well, literally sitting next to a, uh, a brewery that you help and collaborate with all the time. You serve your food in their bar. Yeah. Actually Cass recorded a, a podcast at your place and we were mm-hmm. listing off all the London breweries that were basically thought of conceived of, or, you know, somewhat built under your doors or with your help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not just that you brought good beer from outside of London into London. You really like fostered an environment that helped London build its own craft beer scene. Well, it's the whole whole idea of this. Uh, people might be getting tired of it, but for me, you know, like this whole idea of this concept that I started here in my own place is uh, sort of my own fucked up idea of local. You know, like this is the meeting place. This is where you come to get away from everything. So it seems to me it seems to be logical that people who like beer uh, are, uh, you know kind of gravitate towards here because they can they can get it all you know they they, they can come in and try the beer from uh, all over the province and uh, hatch the plans of uh, world takeover and you know world domination <laughs> it, it, it's it's fun you know like i have to say uh, for me the people are the most important part in it you know like this is what makes the industry so great so many so many great people and uh, collecting all those and remembering all those all those little things you know how many people yeah did sit here when you know mentioning that they were opening or they were planning opening or they just opened their brewery it it, it feels good yeah I'm, I'm you know i feel honored that uh, they uh, like to come here and uh, support what i do and i I love that you're, I'm, you, to, you totally like exude that vibe that like it's about the people. But I, I will say, I also love that it's not just about people because you've had people that you have a relationship with, they're Londoners or whatever, and they'll come in and if the beer's not up to par, you're still like, eh, I sell great beer. And this is like, you've told me times yeah. where you've, like the beer has to be good enough. I actually, I found a quote one time that you yeah. told me that it's my bar. If I feel like you don't give a shit about your beer. I can't present it to my customers. You said, I can't say, here's a really shitty brown ale. Give me seven bucks for it. <laughs> I like that yeah. quote. Because it's not yeah, just yeah. like, yeah, well, you are a community uh-huh. hub, but man, you give a shit about the beer too. Well, you have to. I, you know, you can't have this this approach that everybody gets a medal, you know. It's it's just uh, how how do you how do you, uh, there still needs to be uh, competition. There There needs to be, and you know i see it amongst friends uh i sat here a few weeks ago with uh matt tweedy and uh, bim and you know they're friends they just made awesome collab together that i can't wait to get my hands on uh, but uh you know they're trying to outdo each other mm-hmm. they're you know like they're not just saying hey i'm good you're good it's okay we don't have to do anything you know like here you have two of the best you know lager brewers in in the province people who give a shit about everything and they need to be supported they need to get the platform you know not the people who don't give a damn and they're just trying to make a quick buck mm-hmm. 
Well, they're making loggers, so they're pandering to you. <laughs> well, uh, I don't. I think that uh, you know, it's it's the other way around. Uh, I pander to them because they came up with product that uh, it's absolutely superior to most of the other. You know, it's it's really raising the bar, and now uh, people need to. Uh, come up a little higher if, if they want their lager or their pilsner, uh, you know, to bring here, it has to stand up to it. Mm-hmm. If it, if it, you know, like it's suddenly, suddenly there is very high bar and high enough, you know, like imagine that uh, they asked Bim recently to ship half a skit of his lager to Prague. Really? Can you imagine that Canadian brewer is exporting uh, Czech style lager to Czech Republic? It's pretty amazing. You know, that, will, that, that tells you, you know, like, I, you don't have to take my word for it. You, you know, you don't have to take uh, anybody's word for it. But if the bloody Czechs are buying your beer from you at <laughs> your cost to bring it to Czech Republic, that means they really enjoy drinking it. Yeah. So what do you think about the? I mean, it seems like we've maybe circled back to lagers like you've always i mean you told me that you grew up drinking like beer is bread it's food it's been a staple and yeah. you came here and you're like where the fuck is the good beer and then we kind of went through our you know hoppy stuff we've gone through our our milkshakes our fruited stuff but it feels like as maybe it's just me but we're trending back towards just super well-made lagers what do you <laughs> think about i i love it i uh to me, you know, it's logical. Years ago, when I was still in Gambrinus, uh, you know, people were asking, what's the next? You know, there was those, all those triple IPAs, you know, mm-hmm. 1,700 IBUs, uh, alpha for, you know, 2,500 IBUs, alpha fornication that uh, Adele and Flying Monkeys put together, you know, and can you put 17 moles and 17 hops and 17% and everything was about excess. And they asked, what, what do you think is next? And I said, well, it's the sours. It makes sense. Mm. And, and sours came and established, you know, I, I'm sure people will be jumping all over me for using the term without, uh, you know, qualifying it properly. But I really don't give a shit about all the semantics. It's all those beers really find way. And lots of people, you know, it brings them in the fold. And once they're here, they try something different. What's after, you know? Again, the lager makes sense to me because uh, it is essentially the most drinkable beer and most versatile beer out there on the planet. Mm-hmm. And once you, once you start making it good, the problem we had here was that all the big guys got so bloody greedy that they, you know, basically turned lager into, you know, fuzzy yellow water. Mm-hmm. You know, there was nothing in it. And uh, it was all about making buck. Uh, and then you look at, you know, you look at Pilsen Urkel, it's still the biggest brewery in Czech Republic and still regarded as the best beer we have. So just because you pro- mass produce beer doesn't mean you have to produce shite. Mm-hmm. Well, that's you another know. interesting point that you've done all this. I mean, it's, I've been over this and over this, but you've done all this in Labatt's backyard. I'm, I won't go through all that again, but I'm curious, do they, do they ever come around anymore? Because I know early on. You've been a you know general manager of multiple bars. You've owned this place since what 2012? Yeah, 2012. Yeah. Do, do the big reps even bother coming by anymore? No, no. <laughs> I 
I still have somebody who was sitting actually in my seat here the other night and they noticed that I have Bud Light uh, top handle out there. Yeah. You know, and uh, they, they laughed about it. I said, well, you know, I still hope, you know, this is a billion dollar corporation. I would like to do business with them, you know. Uh, you know, over, over the years they would come in, you know, all these places. We never sold enough beer in volume. We never could compete with Cools and Bar, you know, like all these places who sell. So, of course, nobody gave a shit about Marian Bart, you know, like, mm -hmm. it's, you know, like I asked, go, called and asked, hey, we have staff party. Would you help me with something? Couple of T-shirts, you know, little something for the staff. Oh, sorry, you don't sell enough fucking beer. Fuck off. You know, and then, and then you hear about, you know, you delved into all that pay to play, you know, uh, I don't see personally anything wrong with uh, getting discount for mass selling something in every other industry. It's happening. But anyways, mm -hmm. uh, so I'm holding the tab handle saying, you know, if they want to come in and offer me $250,000 to put the bad light on top, I'll do it. <laughs> That's your price. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll, We'll have to find some legal way to do it, so I don't I don't have to go to jail for it. But uh, I would take the money if I could. Would Why you not? take two hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of patio umbrellas? Because that might be doable. <laughs> no, 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 no. Cold cash. It's got to be cash. The <laughs> under the table, no witnesses. I have never said anything like that. No, no. Just you know, good old Canadian cash or gold bars. <laughs> I won't hold that help. It would be a pretty funny. Uh, I was, there was a time Cass, Cass and I lived in the same neighborhood in Toronto and we frequently, you know, over drinks would fantasize about owning a, a bar and said that we would have a tap that was literally just a dollar sign and every month it would be up for auction and we would just say this, it doesn't matter who it is, the highest bidder, mm -hmm. it's this tap and we would advertise the, the price and be like, yep, it's Bud Light, but this is how much they paid us this month. It's out there. You may as well just, they're all doing it. You may as well just be public about it. No, why not? Because it's illegal. Why That's why. <laughs> well, you know, um, uh, smoking smoking weed was illegal up until recently. Eh? Yep. <laughs> now, now, it, now it's legal. I, I really, I really, let's say, I understand the point of illegal, and you know, some people feel it's unfair uh, to the smaller guys. But uh, you know, I can negotiate price. I can negotiate with my suppliers. If I'm gonna buy lots of beef from you, are you gonna give me better price? You know, uh, everything, everywhere in every field, you get a volume discount. Mm -hmm. This is the this is the only place where uh, you know the laws were stacked in favor of the large guys. Mm -hmm. You know, there, I don't think there is any other jurisdiction in the world that, that uh, brewers have actually monopoly on retailing the beer. Not anymore, but it's been for a long time. Yeah. And as a, li a licensee, you have to buy from them by law, and you show up, and they charge you more money than they charge general public. Yeah. Container sales. What the fuck is going on, man? And all of this is legal. It doesn't make sense to me. This is criminal. I agree. But I mean, if you suddenly allowed all these incentives to just be, I mean, they do it anyway. So what's the point in arguing it? But I mean, the argument would be that the big guys would have such an unfair advantage because they just buy their way into everything. But they no, already they do would it. Not. No, they would not. Hey. You don't think? Not you. Well, but. <laughs> okay, look at look at it this way. Uh, you, you just said that they're doing it anyways. I know. And still, 
uh, still doesn't work that well for them. They're still losing market share. Yeah. Well, definitely now there's so much competition. They used to call it the death by a thousand cuts because there's so many little craft breweries nibbling mm-hmm. away at them. So there's even more now, which I think is part of the reason we don't have this, like, I don't support local just because it's local because we have so many options. Like you have what, 27 beers on tap now? Or... We tune it down to about 18, but okay. uh, you know, we just, we just actually, we took advantage of the slow times and uh, finishing uh, brand new setup. So we'll, we, we will be able to pour up to 30 beers. Nice. Ice cold beer. Ice. Hey, uh, hey, what are you, uh, what are you doing? Oh, hey, Chris, I'm, uh, I'm just excited about ice cold beer. Oh, well, clearly, you said it a number of times, and this show is all about beer. No, no, ice cold beer uh, from Leftfield Brewery. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Brewed with barn owl, malt, barley, and wheat, uh, VQH Farms, Cascade Hops, and Escarpment Labs yeast, Leftfield Brewery's Ice Cold Beer is a 100% Ontario ale through and through. It's seriously great without being too serious. Well, good thing because we're not too serious, but crushable. Much like us, crisp and refreshing. And it goes perfectly with baseball. It is a bleacher beer. That is a new beer category I'm inventing, bleacher beer. Well, now I want ice cold beer well chris you're in luck baseball might not be here right now but this beer sure is ice cold beer is available now for home delivery in toronto and in select other markets with the left field fan shop orders of 45 over 45 bucks and is now available at your local lcbo and grocery stores that sounds pretty convenient it's very convenient as an added bonus, Beard Bullshit listeners can keep your ice cold beer ice cold for longer. Use the promo code BULLSHIT on any order over $45 in the Left Field Brewery online fan shop and get a free ice cold can koozie. Koozie must be 19 years or older. Available while supplies last. Ice cold. No, no we're done. We're done. That's it. And you don't usually have too many like duplicates it's not like a keg blows of something and you put the same keg on or do you no not very often no it's still it's still rotating it's it's better that way you know i say i uh i checked uh, not too long ago uh untapped oh. and uh, why <laughs> why well for actually for one reason uh, one reason only because when people check in your beer they keep the statistics yeah all right, so over eight years here, we, we rotated close to 2,000 unique beers to this place. That's impressive. So 2,000 beers, and most of them are Ontario. You know, there is a little bit of import, some of the, you know, legends of world brewing, and some come from Quebec, uh, but it's mostly, mostly Ontario. So 2,000 beers in eight years, you know, that tells you the scope of the market and... Uh, yeah, I have no need to keep too many beers. I, well, I, I feel the pressure not to have the same beer for too long because right. uh, that's not why people come here. Right. Except for one, yeah. right? There's one beer that's always been on tap. Is that true? Boudoir. Is that always been on tap? Most of the time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, try. Tell me about it's, your obsession uh, with Boudoir because it came up when Michael Hancock was on the show. I'm like, what do you drink? He's like, more often than not, if I'm not drinking side lunch, 
I'm drinking Czech bar because it's a good price point too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, there is many reasons for it. Uh, first it's really good beer. It's very drinkable. Uh, it's the only Czech beer, the large Czech beer left in Czech hands. Government owns 51% of the brewery. So it's not owned by foreigners. Mm. And uh, they're in the, they're you know independently distributed. I won't buy beer. I you know I love Pilsner Kill. Problem is, uh, yeah, they're owned by what is it now? Kirin. You know they're owned by foreigners. Mm-hmm. But uh, most importantly, they distribute through beer store, and I will not deal with beer store. I don't care who you are. I don't care how good your beer is. I don't sleep with them. I'm sorry. Nice. So are you still consistently going to breweries or like, what would you say the, yeah. Yeah. Does anyone delivering to you these days? Are you still getting in the van every weekend or? Oh, 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 no, people, people are, you know, there is more and more deliveries and definitely, you know, between, between cold house and TNG, lots of guys jumped on board. Some of these people are too small. They don't have need to like you know like th- these days I'm going I'm going to guys uh, that uh, for various reasons uh, can't deliver, can't afford to pay the prices, mm-hmm. or are not, are not even interested because they don't make as much beer. Right. You know, I'm still still going around trying to meet new people, uh, figure out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, because early so on you it, were both. Early on, you had draft from bars that weren't even doing draft like i like i think bellwoods had like one draft account in toronto yeah. and then you and then there's a couple of other breweries that were in the same position like they did yeah, some yeah. some licensee sales in toronto and then milos in london it was pretty amazing pretty yeah. lucky for london yeah. well you know it's uh some of those you're at the right place at the right time, you know. I say we've been friends with uh, Luke and Mike uh, since the beginning. We met them. Uh, they were still track lights hanging uh, from the ceiling at Hayfis, you know, after the uh, art gallery uh, vacated it. And we sat on milk crates and. Causing uh, not the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, yeah. we brought we brought little uh, we brought little uh, housewarming gift, and I think we were, you know drinking Westy 12 and talking about what Bellwoods will be. And, uh, you know, I went and got my own cakes and gave them a few empty cakes. I said, hey, you know, if you ever have beer, you know, if you ever have little leftover, let me know, I'll come and get it. So, and they were, you know, they were extremely kind to me and, uh, yeah, filled those cakes a few times. So yeah, we were lucky. Yes, absolutely. I had with shark on top first day we opened here. Really? You know, uh, but it's you know I, I think it's it's uh, you know lots of people in La- London now you know people are coming how how I you know I I wanna I wanna get Bellwoods on top and uh, they don't budge they don't need it right you know they sell they sell everything they make so and it's it's to their advantage to sell it packaged of course you know but you know like, yeah, we, we we've been there since the beginning and. Uh, so now it seems like, you know, incredible thing that then I didn't think of it that way. It wasn't, you know, none of these things I've done uh, to say, oh, these guys one day will be big and I'm going to cash in on it. It's, uh, you know, you, you, you develop the relationship and you have some history and, you know, you support, 
all those guys through their startup and through their slow times and uh, yeah. some of them remember it yeah well i mean it's no secret that these are all people that are super passionate about making beer so obviously you connect with them on that yeah. level and then people that are passionate yeah. about beer make what do you know they make great beer like i remember the first time i met bim he was coming back to ontario or back to canada yeah and yeah it was like months and months of him looking for a space or a partner. Yep. And he had no shortage of people that wanted to throw money at him to help him build a brewery. And he was just like, not until I find the right person. He told me like, I got to find people that they have it in their heart. I'm like, okay, yeah. this guy's going to make fucking awesome beer in Ontario. And what do you know? Oh, yeah. He did. Oh, yeah. yeah he, he's quite something, you know, we did, uh, I don't know if it was Gambrinus or if it was, if it was still Chancey Smith's, uh, uh, they brought, they came down to London when he was still with Yedisiel mm -hmm. and they did top takeover in, in Gambrinus and somehow, you know, we hit it off with all of them, but BIM, I don't know, we've been friends ever since and it was, you know, come to Montreal and uh, we have a little room above the Inbrook Brew Pub, you can sleep there. Never happened uh, when he, you know, I, the one thing I really regret, I, I didn't make it to Japan for his grand opening when he was opening brewery in Japan. And, uh, I kind of wish I had, but you know. Well, he still goes uh, back. He owns it. He owns fields of green tea there around. Like I, I was I literally know, messaging yeah. him on Facebook once, like, "Hey, can we get together or something?" I forget why, and he's like, "This is where I am right now," and send a picture. <laughs> he's in the middle of a, like yeah. a field in Japan because he's harvesting for the beer. I'm like, this fucking guy. Uh, I was supposed to be there this May. Oh yeah. We were, we were going to go together. It, yeah. Anyway, anyways, but you know, yeah, you, you're right. This is a guy who, you know, he's been consistently. Yeah. Well, I know. I mean, you're about beer. Beer. Like the people you've gravitate to, you've yeah, yeah. traveled with Michael Hancock. You're like you're anyway. So next question is you couldn't clearly identify talent. Who are you excited about right now? Like, who are you sitting on milk crates with? I mean, it's COVID, so probably not anyone. But I mean, who's, <laughs> whose beer are you secretly, you know, lusting after that maybe we don't know about yet? Secretly? Well, uh, you know, we, we just did little tap feature with the Reverence guys. Uh, I saw you hyping you know, them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I really, really enjoy enjoy Matt's beers. Uh, I mean, somewhere here. I went to, yeah, there, Matt and Brett. Uh, I went to visit them a year ago almost. When they were just starting and you know they were brewing beer and uh, putting it in barrels and uh, uh, i think they're you know extremely passionate and uh, they're making awesome beer mm. you know this is the properly aged barrel blended sour beer that uh, is really tops my list in that department uh from the other guys you know uh there is there is few guys out there uh Reverence Badlands. is in Cambridge, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah you know, uh, Third Moon Town. You know, there is, you know, cows not new anymore, but, you know, bloody beers from Sonnen Hill. I, I adore them to pieces, you know. Yeah. Column is, uh, I, yeah, the same, on the same page there. I, I love what he does and I love his philosophy and uh, Bobo. Oh, Hearn. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, his beers are uh, fantastic, man. He really, he really seemed to set up something there. I, I love the whole setup, you know, the homebrew shop, uh, brewery, little tap room, you know, like it's really, really something, you know, he, again, he carved up something. I remember when he worked for Great Lakes and uh, we met at Savot at Tap Takeover, Takeover and uh, he talked about it and I was scratching my head. I could not see. I was dumb. I could not foresee how, but man, you know, like his imagination and the way he put it together, it's absolutely awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like a lot of weird and innovative things are happening now because the rules are kind of getting bent a little bit. I see a lot of yeah, like... Yeah brew pubs and bars are kind of pivoting to become bottle shops. Hopefully that's a trend that sticks around post COVID. Uh, are you contemplating anything like that? I mean, I've seen that you're staying alive with a, a aggressive hustle on social media. It's phenomenal to watch. Like when, when we were on lockdown and you were in a different costume every day talking about your menu, it was fucking amazing. But I mean, if there was a guy who could open an amazing bottle shop in the city, I think it would be you. Do you have any desire to do that? Uh, uh, you know, we, we've been talking with Nick and Adele about different things. Uh, you know, it, it seems to be logical. It should be us uh, to put something like that together. Uh, I've been thinking about it. They started doing it. Uh, you know, there, there is lots of opportunities. Question is, yeah, like what exactly you can do going forward. Uh, yeah, you know, we're entertaining lots of ideas. Uh, you can't. I don't think you can survive in this world, especially today, by sitting on your ass and waiting for handouts and uh, trying to figure out, uh, you know, or not trying to try not to figure out anything, just waiting for somebody else to figure it out for you. Yeah. Well, this definitely <clears throat> seems to be pretty, uh, like, aggressively Darwinian in the sense that we're probably going to see a lot of the people that are waiting around for someone else to figure it out aren't going to be here when this is over, probably. So sad to say, but maybe it will have a higher level of quality on the other side of this. If there's a silver lining. I think, I think it is, you know, and when you look at what happened with the, like the brewing industry, it's just insane how uh, quickly those guys adjusted most of them, you know, like, Hey, you can buy almost any beer now online and have it shipped to your door for very reasonable shipping costs. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, uh, it's uh, it feels like uh, it, it there need to there needed to be uh, this pandemic mm-hmm. to uh, actually bring ontario into a fold of civilized world where actually big brothers saying okay you know what you can live your life the way you want it's not my job to tell you when where and how you can drink or do whatever it is that you want to do that doesn't harm anybody else yeah, who'd have thought Doug Ford would be the savior of the uh, beer industry in Ontario? <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, I have to say, I say, I, I didn't have uh, high expectation of him. I believe that there was need to change in who sat in uh, in uh, a Queen's Park, but I didn't have high expectations. And uh, I have to say, from my point of view, from my business, you know, if it wasn't for him, I don't know if he would be speaking today. Yeah. That's true. I mean, say what you will about him, but he's always seems to be looking out for alcohol sales. Well, you know, here is, here is the thing. I understand there's people who are, you know, violently objecting to alcohol and everything else. But the truth is it's been with us for 
thousands of years since the beginning you know like the oldest recipe on earth are a series of sumerian tablets depicting making beer mm. you know there there are uh, there are academics out there who who propose that beer was the reason we slowed down and and settled and stopped being hunters gatherers which was from what I understand, awesome lifestyle, you know, no <laughs> responsibilities, none of this shit going to work every day from nine to five, you know, and I understand, you know, I've been in this business for over 40 years and I have seen people self-destruct through alcoholism and everything else. But uh, for many people, it's, it's the medication and it's sort of, that's the crutch that helps them get through whatever they're going through. And it's, uh, you know, it's cheaper cheaper to let people have a couple beers than uh, opening new mental health institutions and hiring more people to deal with uh, all of that. So I'm not an yeah. expert, but that's the observation I had over the years. You know, sometimes well-timed uh, shot of whiskey or a pint of beer can really help. I agree. <laughs> You're preaching to the choir. Yeah. But I will say that I, th I think that... Uh, like more liberalized alcohol consumption tends to like it's not a thing anymore like you don't like when you have later last calls people aren't suddenly chugging their beers at 1 30 because they can't get any yeah. more too and when you can get beer on a street corner it's not like this thing that you need to i don't know like you saw it firsthand when you came here from from czech republic i remember you walked into you told me you walked into a like a shopper's drug mart or something looking for beer because that's why not yeah 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 well we had beer everywhere and it still is you know i was a little kid and uh mom would give me you know 10 crowns and said go go down uh, to grocery store and uh, i need you to buy you know stick of butter because she wanted to bake something and uh, get four beers for that <laughs> you know it was all that we never had specialized stores in, until later in when you know uh, there were some specialized like deli stores that would have you know the nice brandies or cognacs or imported but otherwise grocery store where you went to get your liquor beer wine uh, you know chicken and eggs yeah it just makes so you much more get, sense you could, you could get you could you could get beer even you know in uh, in a butcher store and uh, you know all these little uh, all these little stands with newspapers in prague and you know you could go and buy a bottle of liquor there you don't see more, you know, you don't see people lying on the ground being drunk all day. It's just, it's not in that, you know, it, it doesn't happen. Those, those people who want to get drunk, they will get drunk no matter what. Mm -hmm. Agreed. For me, the eye-opening thing was when I went to Italy and we were in Tuscany for a little while and they had these amazing stores and they were just wine, beer, meat and cheese. And it was like, yeah. This should be everywhere. Like, where's this wine made? Yeah. That winery over there? Where's this cheese? It's from that those sheep right there. I'm like, yeah. fuck, why can't we have this everywhere? I mean, we don't have sheep and <laughs> wineries in London, but the, fi the fact that you can just buy those things in one store, I was like, this is a no-brainer. Like, I, I'm glad we can finally get beer at the grocery store, but it's still pretty archaic here. Well, you know, it's, uh, look, uh, I came here 30 years ago and what happened over the last five, six years, it's like, you know, we advanced 150 years. So we still have some place, you know, some space to cover, some distance to go, but it's much better. I, I remember, you know, I was actually, I was with Peter Kyoto at uh, uh, CBC's in Portland, Oregon. 
and we are we were on Mount Hood when he got the text message saying that they announced uh, a grocery store uh, uh, being able to sell beer. And he was excited, and I was pissed because the, uh, all these all these limitations they put on, you know, like you couldn't sell two fours and you couldn't sell past, uh, you know, beer store hours. I said, you know what, Milos, take it. It's the first step, you know, every steps, and every step makes it easier to make the next one. And he it's was true. right. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think's next for you? I mean. There's not many more changes that could maybe affect your business, or maybe there are. Is there something? I, you know what? It's uh, well. It, I, I I'm not looking. I'm not looking to grow. I'm not looking to expand. I I, I just enjoy what I do. You know. I'm, hey, my, I man, I'm 61 years old. Uh, I want to have fun in life. I worked hard all my all my life since I've been 15, and uh, I want to enjoy what I build. Enjoy the people. You know, like I. It's. Uh, to me, the daily reward is seeing all these friends and regulars coming and, and uh, supporting what I believe is a great place to get away from whatever, you know. Still no TV, still no news. So when you come here, you're not going to be listening to any of the politicians pandering to whatever, you know. Just get away from it. Have a beer, pound of things, or, you know, nice burger or sausage and uh, take a load of yeah i miss coming to your place i'm a little more extra cautious than most people during this pandemic so i haven't been in but i've done takeout a few times and i man as soon as i as soon as i feel comfortable going places you're the first place i'm going well you know it's uh, i absolutely understand you i have friends yes same they haven't been out they they come out for you know takeout and that's it some people look at it differently you know i say one of those uh I've been around long enough. Uh, I got through some uh, some shit in my life that when I thought I was really my last minute or last second of my life, and uh, you know, it puts per- perspective on it. Uh, I know it's serious. I know lots of people are freaking out. I just uh, I'm a little bit more fatalistic in it. Mm-hmm. That's fair. You know, I say, uh, well, yes, say everybody's different. Who am I to judge? I say I, I lived my life the way I wanted and. Uh, it worked for me and uh, I can't change who I am and you can change, you know, you can change your feelings. You can change how you feel about these things. It's not, uh, there, to, to some degree there is logic or some argument or, you know, data, but the rest of it is, you know, there are certain things I can get out of my hand, uh, head and I know I, I shouldn't worry about it and I do. So, But I bet it's fucking up your, your beer travel because I know you're pretty fond of some good beer trips with some buddies. <laughs> Well, you know, that is definitely the part I miss, you know, and it's, uh, yeah, the, 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 I, had, I, had some, I had some big plans what I wanted to do this year, and uh, obviously it hasn't happened. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, there is so many great places, so many great people, and uh, every time I go somewhere, I learn more, and, you know, you make new connections, and you, you build and strengthen relationships that uh, eventually you know, pay benefit to all of us in London because it allows me to bring or facilitate things that otherwise wouldn't happen. What are you, uh, what are you drinking right now? I noticed you finished a beer while we were talking. Huh. Well, uh, this was actually uh, Lupo Solitario from uh, Tutanel. Oh, nice. 
drinking a lot of tooth and nail you you name drop tweety i do i uh right now uh on top i have uh yeah, two two uh lagers from uh godspeed and one from uh, tooth and nail yeah fuck yeah it's uh, I really miss going to your place man <laughs> you know they're awesome awesome beers man awesome beers you know they're both both making awesome awesome and not not just lagers, but those are the ones that uh, stand so much way above everybody else. Oh yeah, you don't have to sell me. Yeah, I miss I miss hanging out with you, man. Maybe we'll have you back on the show so I can just talk to you again, and I'll have a beer in oh. my hand next time. <laughs> well, you know, I, I drink the beer, uh, so I I, I uh, don't drink as much coffee. Do you have a beer in one hand and a coffee in the other hand right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. It, it's it, you know, it's it must be one of those you know, like we all have the genes passed passed down from uh, whatever the culture we you know we are coming from. And in Czech, always been uh, like if you go to the pub, it's not unusual that the guys will say you know we'll have four beers, four coffees, and four rums, and it's like this domestic it's 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 not even a rum it's just uh, you know potato alcohol with uh, rum essence and uh, so you you shoot the rum in the coffee and drink the coffee with the rum and then you know you wash it down with beer okay no judgment i usually do coffee until about 5 p.m and then switch to beer yeah. and keep them separate <laughs> yeah to, to me it doesn't seem to make any impact but i i feel like i'm drinking too much coffee so i'm trying to you know slow it down with beer it's <laughs> a very czech thing to say <laughs> well it's all liquids man you know you need your two liters of water in you so i don't <laughs> drink water so i gotta drink everything else well thanks for chatting man and i'm uh you've reminded me i'm overdue for a takeout order so i'll come and wave through my mask and pick something up soon Sounds good, man. Okay, hang in there. We'll talk soon. Hey, cheers, man. Good Thanks, talking. buddy. Peace. <laughs> the peace is unnecessary. Just go right to I will the edit interview. that out. Yeah. <laughs>